0: I'm done with it i'm done with I'm done with tabs. I've gotten to the point where I'm closing my browser at the end of the day, where it's like I know me if I haven't read this article by the end of the day, I'm never going to read it. might <laughs> my...
1: will never never, never read it <laughs> <laughs> I think we should That's pretty I think good. We
0: should have Chuck just do the like all the music for the show from now on. Oh, dude, that's what just I said. Singing. sing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I was, telling, bars. We some, I was telling... We could get you some karaoke tracks.
2: I was telling Megan, like, yeah, if you want to get license-free music, you just got to do it yourself. <laughs> right. It's the only way. <laughs> um, yeah. Just start throwing grab those beats a bongo,
1: down. you grab a triangle, maybe a little xylophone. Right. And you just go to town. <laughs> it's not bad. Dude, I've seen commercials where people made music with Pringles cans. Or Pepsi bottles, you know. Were those uh, Pringles and Pepsi commercials? tell me I have to get licensed copyrighted music. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) You are listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. Thanks for tuning back in. I'm Chuck Williams. Joining me in Nebraska is Brendan Williams. Brendan, how you doing, man? Um, uh, Thought I would be snowed in.
2: But uh, I guess I just stayed home for nothing. But, you thought uh, you were
1: Air- Edward Snowden?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Did they I thought uh, it was Edward Snowden? Did they cancel Skype? Was breaking up.
1: Did they cancel school <laughs> for you?
2: Yeah, they like preemptively canceled school last night, and then they were like, "Ah, maybe we shouldn't have done it." Right. But too late now.
1: <laughs> yeah, they canceled the university last night, uh, in Omaha, not in Lincoln. But yeah, it was crazy. I did drive to work today, but that's a story for a different time. Um, (laughs) And joining us in not-so-snowy Arlington, Texas, is uh, the great Matthew Hodges. Matt, how you doing, man? Well,
0: it's funny you say that, because everyone around here has been freaking out about how we might get snow tonight. But then, you look at the weather report, and it's like, 5% chance of precipitation, and... I I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. So, yeah, I'm I'm uh mm-hmm. I'm keeping toasty in the house right now. It's it is windy and cold <laughs> outside.
1: Like how how cold does it actually get over there? All right. In yeah. Texas? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. It like I, uh No, I know. I, I know to, that it's comparative. I hate to complain about like
0: the, the cold when Most of our listeners are, you know, way north of me, but um Yeah, I mean, it's like been in like has been in the 20s today. 20 20s oh, and windy. Okay. Yeah, 20s is shorts
1: weather right now. For us. <laughs>
2: right. In Texas degrees, that's like negative 50. Oh
1: yeah, no people. In Texas people degrees, that's negative 50. But in Nebraska degrees, that's where you're like, I would actually kill someone in my family in order to keep it, you know, <laughs> this temperature forever. But you
0: know what, friend friend of the show, uh, Dr. Pat Ross, had a theory. He's mm-hmm. he's an ecologist and he talks about um, specialists versus generalists a lot. And he's always said that people who grew up in like Nebraska or Kansas or, um, you know, somewhere in the the middle of the country are probably weather generalists because we get the worst extremes of both seasons or, you know, the the most extreme season. So it's not just cold in Nebraska in the winter. It's incredibly cold and icy and it's not just hot, but it's like super hot and humid and buggy Um, so we can move pretty much anywhere we want to. Whereas you know, if you've ever seen somebody from uh, like Vermont or like Washington State, you know, visit uh, a warmer state in the middle of the summer, they're just melting, and it's hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. They they don't know what
1: to, to expect, right? And it's weird because Brendan, you had <laughs> you had introduced us to introduced me to somebody through the Reddit channel that was asking about Omaha. And whether or not that was the ideal social climate for somebody, you know, a woman of color to move to this area. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I I gave her a realistic job preview of what to expect in terms of Nebraska nice. But Matt (laughs) brought up a good point and said she's going to hate the cold because she's from Florida. Oh, yeah. But she wants to move to Nebraska because she's like, I think there's only like, you know. What was it, like five big groups, so are...
0: groups instead of, like, 30?
2: <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and it, they're fu- it's- They're bigger, though.
1: <laughs> they're bigger. <laughs> right. Um, I said, you know, no, actually, they, they pretty much just have book clubs, like racist book clubs that meet at bars and stuff, but they're not going to do anything. It's pretty nice, and we need you more than Florida does, so come on <laughs> up. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. No, no I, I think do mean was that. The... It was the perfect
2: embodiment of white privilege, where the fact that she was like, hey, how is it to be a black person in Omaha? And everyone was like, well, I'm not black, so I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) Yeah, everything's fine Uh, It's like, yeah, good luck. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. She's like, I I think I got my answer (laughs) To be a straight white man, it's fantastic.
0: (laughs) Well, as far as that goes, I mean, we kind of talked about how to map out this episode, but maybe we want to start... Uh not with the net neutrality thing, but talk about uh Nebraska redistricting, and I mean yeah she could she could move to Nebraska and maybe she's gonna move to Omaha, probably is gonna move to Omaha. that's where you move if you move to Nebraska but um, the way the congressional lines are drawn right now, uh we need i don't know like a hundred thousand more people like her to move to Omaha in order to make a dent in Nebraska electoral politics, and
1: not just that suburban Omaha like Brendan you got to move into like that real Omaha right (laughs) to make it count right
2: (laughs) yeah for sure so you want to yeah let's let's hop into that for sure so for our listeners who are not familiar with Nebraska congressional districts uh (laughs) there's only three uh, do you know how many there are in uh, the Texas? the magic number. Oh, I don't know. There's probably quite yeah, a few. Yeah,
0: there are a bunch, but here, I can look it up for you while you talk. There's probably like, I think there's like 40 or something like that.
2: Um, so in Nebraska, there's only three. And they are District 1, which is like Lincoln and kind of a lot of the counties in kind of central eastern Nebraska. But not Omaha, because that's District 2, uh, which is the Omaha area. And then there's District 3, which is the entire rest of the state. So Nebraska does something kind of interesting with their congressional districts in presidential elections because they actually can split their three minuscule votes up. So when Obama ran in 2008, he actually won district two and got one electoral college vote from nebraska
1: right and hillary clinton did not win that district two vote even though she spent a bunch of money but anyways
2: well but one of the reasons that she didn't win is because after obama won that that vote the republicans in nebraska who who control the governorship (laughs) control the legislature even though it's technically a nonpartisan legislature most of them are republican They were not happy that he won that vote at all for some reason.
1: Oh, Uh, dude, yeah. (laughs) And I totally don't know why.
2: And so, you know, like a lot of Republican state legislatures, they said, well, we could fix that problem uh, and we can just redistrict Omaha so that it includes not just the Omaha area, but now also a bunch of the more suburban areas, much more conservative,
0: Uh, uh, very white suburban areas
2: right uh the the whitest the highest income whitest areas uh in the Omaha exurbs of all the people who are like, Oh, live in actual Omaha, no, of course not, I would never do that now they're lumped in with everybody who lives in Omaha as a voting right block. right, so it's it's much harder to win uh that seat now, but in if it if in any election, if it could happen, it's gonna be the twenty eighteen election because. It seems like there's a lot of motivated people to vote not Republican.
0: Yeah, I mean, plenty, plenty of people, <laughs> plenty of people in Omaha, even, even in the fairly conservative, richer white suburbs of Omaha, people are uh, pretty disgusted with uh, Donald Trump. There's an article recently talking about how, um, you know, that the Democrats. Thought that their victories were going to come from suburban areas, you know. So that's where you got Chuck Schumer saying, you know, for every for every like you know more left leaning person in another area that we lose, we're going to pick up like two votes in a suburb. So that was what the Democrats doubled down on. Whereas the Republicans were like, we're going to go after the rural areas. But what really carried them to power was the suburban areas. And if you look at the the level of support for Trump in the suburban areas kind of nationwide it has dropped so much more than uh support for democrat candidates has has changed in cities or support for republican candidates has changed in rural areas so and they don't seem to care they're not really focusing on that you know when when Trump goes on one of his uh uh like junkets or you know he he has his his little Uh, Fuhrer rally Um, he's he's trying to get like the rural people because he knows he's never going to lose them meanwhile this support in the suburban areas is just trickling away just kind of dissolving like a sugar cube in a puddle
1: (laughs) well and it's funny like Nebraska Nebraska legislatures at least when with these kind of politically racial issues they tend to be like the bumper rails trying to steer you into the right path, you know. So you've got this redistricting after Obama split the vote. Uh, Another, a similar action was changing the rules for the term limits in terms of being a senator because Ernie Chambers kept winning the North Omaha district for Nebraska. And they're like, okay, well, we got to make it so you can only go, you know, two terms and then you have to sit out for a term. Right. Well, and that's
0: know? I mean, that's that's so indicative of what the Republicans game plan is nationwide because they know that people, you know, the, the bulk of people hate them. So what they have to do in order to keep winning elections <laughs> is that, to but... I know i mean, like the majority of people don't like the Republican Party. Uh, that's that's just cold fact um well
2: right i mean if you look nationwide is that what you're saying like if you look nationwide there's more people who say they're democrats there's more opinion- favorable opinions of democrats but somehow the republicans just keep winning all these right elections. it's
0: because they they end up right. they end up rules lawyering themselves into victory situations where you know we can't we can't win on the substance of our ideas so the way we need to win is to say Kick a bunch of people off the voting rolls or gerrymander things to shit, like they did in uh, North Carolina, which just got overturned, and we're still waiting on the the big gerrymandering case out of Wisconsin to go through the Supreme Court. Ah, uh, but you know Nebraska is is another one of those where it's like, man, like it turns out that the whole city of Omaha would rather vote for a Democratic president. We can't beat them on substance, so what we need to do is just add a bunch of people who are going to vote against that to Congressional District 2, and then we'll win. Right. And they did.
2: Well, right, and that's exactly what happened in North Carolina and in Wisconsin and all these other big court decisions that are coming up. So in North Carolina, that court, I mean, in a landmark decision, and one of the groundbreaking decisions, hopefully, is saying – You can't do that. You can't just say the only reason that we did that is just so that we can win more elections and group more of our voters together to gain a political partisan advantage. And previously, courts were like, "Yeah, no, that's actually fine. If you just want to say like, well, we did this so that you know more of our voters can be together." Yeah, they'd be like, "Well, it's not illegal, so I I have fun, guys." Um, And now it's finally reaching the point where it's like, "Oh, actually, maybe this this is." this is actually illegal if you interpret the laws in a certain way. So it's finally getting to the point where people are (laughs) looking to actually change that. And the 2018 election is going to be hugely impactful on that front in Nebraska and in a lot of other places, because the people who are in the state legislature in Nebraska in this next election, who win election in 2018, are going to be in charge of the redistricting process Once the new census happens, so the census is going to be like a disaster at the federal level, probably because Trump's going to do everything he can to gain partisan advantage for himself federally. Absolutely, And so it's also going to be impacting the states because they're going to be doing the same thing at the state level. So and they're not even like trying to hide it. That's the crazy thing is that they openly just come out and say like, yeah, no, that's totally our goal is to
0: redistrict these districts and win elections yeah i mean if if the democrats if the democrats had any kind of uh any kind of gumption and any kind of principle what they would do is say you need to vote a bunch of democrats into office into state office in the 2018 election so that we can have a hand on the tiller in this redistricting but also one of the things we're going to do is adopt provisions like some other states have done and say that the redistricting committees always have to be completely nonpartisan. You know, hire like outside consultants or something like that to to come in and draw the electoral lines in a way that makes sense that actually represents the will of the people. I don't have a ton of faith in the Nebraska Democratic Party, but that's that's a that's a little free political consultation to you uh Nebraska unicameral. If <laughs> if you really wanted to win people over, that's the The strongest and most principled stance you could possibly take on this issue.
2: Well, I could I could tell you, uh, you know, Chuck, you're usually the one to get down on the Democratic Party, but they're not doing great in Nebraska for sure, because they just endorsed uh, Brad Ashford to run against Don Bacon uh, in the upcoming congressional race. Uh, who is the guy who lost to Don Bacon in the last election. Nice. So <laughs> it's like, I mean, he he probably still has a good shot of winning. I'm not saying the guy's terrible or whatever, but it's like, if any time is like, let's get a fresh voice in there. It's like, now's the time to, right. to do Get that, somebody guys. young, get somebody well, who's, who's kind of a bomb voice. thrower. I mean. There are other people who've declared. Uh, one person is uh, Kara Eastman, who is a former board member from uh, Metro Community College uh who's running kind of a grassroots, uh you know, mm-hmm. kind of Bernie-style campaign. Uh, okay. And so, you know, it's yeah. possible that she could still win in the primary, and then it doesn't matter if the Democrats have endorsed Brad Ashford. So, um, yeah, well, no, it's going to interesting. let's endorse
1: her on the show. No, just kidding. Done. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, not to knock on Brad Ashford, I don't really – I didn't follow politics that closely in Nebraska back when he was in it, but – I mean he was he was a state he was in the legislature before I believe. He was and, on yeah he
2: was in the legislature in Nebraska and he was on the Omaha City Council for a long time and I mean mm. I, I don't have anything particularly against the guy other than he's like a blue dog democrat who Right wants to run on like, I'll reach across the aisle. Yeah. Cause that's uh, so you know, exciting stuff, which for people right just, now
0: to hear that. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. We're going to, we're going to compromise, even though the other side never compromises on anything. Compromise, compromise right. to the Democrats just means you give up stuff and they don't have to.
2: Right. Well, and here's the perfect example of that. So he recently got in hot water because he quoted a tweet that said, uh, that Don Bacon, the repu- current Republican congressman, is a carpetbagger uh, because he, you know, is is not fighting for the middle class and he is, you know, passing all these horrible Trump-supported tax bills and trying to take health care away. Well, and uh,
0: he's not from Nebraska. I was going to say, those, <laughs> right, exactly. those first things, that's not what makes you a carpetbagger, it just makes you a douchebag.
2: Well, that was just like the – so he, basically what happened is he retweeted this this uh, thing, which was from like a letter to the editor or something where this person said this, right? So it wasn't like Brad Ashford is saying that, but he did retweet it, right? And so then people mm-hmm. were like, well, are you calling him a carpetbagger? And he's like, oh, absolutely not. Uh, he's a great guy or whatever. And it's like, well, just – like all you have to say is – Look, Kinda. I didn't say he was a carpetbagger. I'm quoting this constituent who said he was a carpetbagger. That's right. not what I'm running on, right? I, it I doesn't matter if he is bagger, or not. Um, but if
1: the carpetbag fits. <laughs>
2: right, exactly. Uh, but it's like, he can't even just say that. Like, he's just like, look, that's not what I'm running on. I'm running hmm. on the fact that he you know, is supporting all these things that are bad for Nebraska. Uh, you know, I'll let the voters decide. You know, if they think he's a carpetbagger or not, because he did he didn't grow up here, and and he could also say like, you know, I've been here, I've been in the legislature here, I've been on the city council here, I've been here my whole life, or whatever. No, he didn't mm. say that. He was just like, oh no, I would never say that. He's not a carpetbagger at all. <laughs> right. It's like what? Yeah. So uh, the elections off to a great start.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and this, uh, well, and the the legislative session is also. Um... I mean I think I think, I think we could probably we could probably do some of these pretty quickly here cuz there are some some interesting proposals in the legislative session one of which I want to handle more substantively maybe in the next segment but uh uh we've also been looking at net neutrality somebody is proposing a a Nebraska net neutrality bill
1: Yeah that was Adam Moorfeld, I believe senator uh in Lincoln
0: Nebraska Okay so yeah. That's where you live,
2: uh, Chucker. Is this guy your best friend?
0: I don't know this guy. Adam Adam <laughs> Morfield, come on liquid flannel.
1: <laughs> One of the no, senators you- though, Patty Panting Brooks, she's she's been doing a pretty good job so far.
0: Yeah, so so basically basically this, this bill would be uh like a state level um net neutrality bill, which just says that internet service providers can't do any kind of like guided or preferential treatment of different websites uh, when you're using their pipes, uh, which is what the, the old FCC regulations said. Now when the FCC repealed net neutrality what was that November, I think um, one of right. the things they did was add to their, their new guidance that States shouldn't be allowed to put net neutrality You know, uh, put into place net neutrality protections. But there's this really interesting legal question where they may have abdicated any power to even say that by saying the FCC can't be regulating this anymore. So, like, where does the authority come from for them to say, you know, oh, also the states can't do this?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And yeah, I mean, uh, it it got national uh, attention, basically, that he's like one of only a couple states, you know, that have introduced this type of legislation. And it seems like it is broadly popular. So it's possible it could actually go somewhere. Although, you know, not keeping my hopes up here in Nebraska. I I I don't
0: think it'll probably pass. But what they can do is use it as uh, like a messaging opportunity and convince people um, I you know, I I think at a certain point net neutrality is going to become super popular when the corporations that used to be prohibited from doing the kind of shit that net neutrality advocates have always said they wanted to do right. actually start doing that stuff and then everyone's going to be like, "No, no, we need net, net neutrality back." Like th- this is bullshit. But for now, like I I think it's kind of cool that, you know, Nebraska of of all states is being kind of a progressive leader on at least proposing right. legislation. To try to keep these protections for consumers in place.
2: Right. Well, and I think that's what that's what people got to do. I mean, if you want to go out there, it's one thing to go out and say, like, I think Trump is dumb and bad and that's pretty easy to do. You know, it's another thing to go out there and say, this is a bill that I think should pass. And even though it's probably not going to pass right now because you jerks are in charge and you don't care, you know. We support it, and we're going to keep fighting yeah. for it. And that's
0: how you get people right. to care about I mean, voting I for mean, you. Uh, put more broadly, look at what the House of Representatives did under Obama. They they voted on repealing Obamacare like fifty times, and they knew it wasn't going to pass. And even if it passed both houses, it it wasn't going to get signed into law. But they were at least making a stink about it. And so, like oh, everybody yeah. watching the news all the time, always knew that like the Republicans think this is terrible, and they get to message on that. And the Democrats need to be doing the same thing right now. Like right now, the political cost for supporting Medicare for all in the the federal Congress is zero. And there's there's no consequence for it. Like you don't even need to figure out a workable plan because all you need to do is just be out there throwing a bomb and saying like we need free right. universal health care for everybody in the country. And and then make your political opponents be against that. Mm mm-hmm. I think you've got a winning strategy. We'll see if they actually
2: do it. <laughs> Hold on <them laughs> my breath.
1: Right. Well, you know, right now, I mean, for for every swing, for every home run, Nebraska's like the Babe Ruth right now, the legislature. I mean, <laughs> it's, you're, you're going to get maybe one home run, but you're going to get a whole lot of strikeouts. And <laughs> uh, some of the bills feel like strikeouts right now and one of them is from a senator i think paul schumacher in columbus nebraska and it is basically to grant sovereignty to corporations was that the one you were wanting oh to yeah to let's let uh or? let's
0: take a quick break and then come back and discuss that one in in more detail because i've yeah. got a lot to say about this bill yeah definitely <laughs> all
2: right However, over the past hundred years, corporations have gained certain legal rights that have allowed them to gain more and more power. Corporations today are super powerful for a number of reasons. First, corporations are allowed to create Political Action Committees, or PACs for short, which are basically organizations that pool money from members and donate those funds to campaign
0: for or against candidates, ballot initiatives, or legislation.
1: Okay, so what I was trying to say before is that this is kind of that early phase in the legislature where you just get the deluge of bills introduced and then they'll break down into committees and discuss them right. further. But so you get a lot of stuff. <clears throat> Some of the stuff like we were talking about before with Brendan, um, with Adam Moorfeld, uh and Patty Penton Brooks, that stuff can be good can put Nebraska on the map in a good way. Then you've got some pretty big strikeouts or what I would like to think would hopefully Hopefully be a strikeout, strikeout. which is, uh, which is Paul Schumacher's bill. Um, And this was in the journal star Senator proposes sovereignty as a way to economic development. And essentially this guy is the Senator from Columbus, Nebraska and proposed a, a way to make, Company to entice companies to Nebraska by giving them areas where they can be designated as sovereign uh, sovereign nation states. So uh, for periods not to exceed oh, 99 a hu- only a hundred years. I mean, why why limit? Why
2: not just say f- until the end of time?
0: Well, I mean, if if yeah. this thing takes off, it's not gonna. It, it'll be trivial for them to. And make a bunch of money and lobby the legislature to just keep extending that out right. so yeah there's no reason to I put just, a time frame if on you're it.
2: making right. a bill this ludicrous wh- yeah why even bother
0: well all right yeah so let's let's talk about <laughs> the details yeah the so it, it's
1: it's not a bill uh, the, my correction here it's a resolution uh he proposed a constitutional oh, okay. amendment which is that worse. would allow the legislature <laughs> <fucking> worse actually <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Did I make it seem right. like it was did, not a big deal? Did this it's sound huge. like regular so, nonsense? This is mega uh,
2: nonsense. It's totally different.
1: <laughs> mega nonsense going on right nonsense. here. So, you know, constitutional amendment that would allow the legislature to delegate complete or, uh, complete or partial sovereignty over a designated, limited, and sparsely settled area of the state for not to exceed 99 years. So, so it's, a, it's, it's, it's a 36
0: be, square miles, right? So six miles by six miles. It's 36 square miles. Only in areas where you only have, it's like uh like 10 people per square mile or less. Right. Something yeah. like oh, that. Nature.
2: Uh, oh, nature. Oh, nature? Yeah. The attraction.
0: Well, also farmland. Right.
1: Yeah. So the the attraction they're trying to do is essentially offer an area where there's no city or state taxes and no local or state regulation. So right. you know.
0: So what you so, give away the farm yeah, so again? What, what you're saying is that Liquid Flannel needs to do like a GoFundMe and buy 36 square miles of like marginal land and just open up like. The like the liquid flannel Nebraska like marijuana right. speakeasy.
2: Well, they're literally the, the only right. businesses they're gonna attract is like Al's Sovereignty Barn or whatever. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and he's like, if I were a major business, I would not want Omaha, Lincoln, or Des Moines telling. Yeah, me but what you know to what? Do. If
2: you were Omaha, Lincoln, <sighs> or Des Moines, which you are, because you're part of the government. You wouldn't want that company telling your town what to do. But that's the situation you want to set up, apparently, which telling your town like, oh, you're polluting, you're making noise too much or whatever. You're just running trains or whatever, Mm -hmm. just nonstop at at all hours of the night. Too bad. Like, they're just free to do whatever they want.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What we're just jackhammering into the (laughs) night. I mean, the the jackhammering, but I mean, like. Water is becoming a much bigger issue in Nebraska Uh, as as climate change or global weirding continues to set in the water that we draw through the Platte River um, that that comes from Colorado is, is becoming sparser and. You absolutely don't need some corporation that's like, "Oh, we're just gonna do like a chemical, p- we're gonna we're gonna have like a beef packing plant that also has like a company town where everybody just gets paid in the company script. like we've gone back to fucking nineteen <laughs> or like eighteen ninety, right. you know also right. just dumping like a right. bunch right. of blood and guts and like, arsenic right. and shit <laughs> well they were like the yeah,
2: river we wanted to open our factory where people just mix random chemicals together and just like let's see what happens but <laughs> right. all these state laws were like no you can't do that that's a horrible idea and they were like yeah. but finally we found a place right. that would just let us just dump wherever they don't care no laws
1: so as long as you only have 10 per- people per square mile you know you can be uh
0: you can be that lucky I mean, wouldn't, person wouldn't you working in that, that lucky factory. like you're, you're uh you're just like some like farmer you live out in like alliance or something and you don't really pay attention to politics because you're like raising kids and you don't really have time for it or you're just kind of fed up with all the partisan bickering or whatever so you kind of ignore it and then one day you wake up and you live in like the the sovereign state of fucking Verizon or something <laughs> it's like you don't you don't have public services anymore. Like there's there are no more like municipal uh, like water utilities right. or police or anything like that, because your your house now belongs to like a, a quasi sovereign state, like in fucking snow crash by Neil Stevenson, where the uh, like the entire United States has been parceled out into basically just suburbs and industrial areas that are owned by corporations. And they've got their own cops and they've got their own money and customs and stuff. Um, which is badass right. when you're reading a science fiction book a bunch of bu- about a bunch of badasses. Right. But they're also like running by and possibly killing a bunch of people who like, they just kind of, now I just live here. I just live in like the, the sovereign state of Kentucky fried fucking chicken.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Where they right. don't have to follow any of those animal rights, you know, nonsense or anything like right. that.
1: Well, and this guy is like, you know, uh, this presents the opportunity for you to have your own state and nobody else has done it.
0: Like, those are (laughs) selling points to this, you know? I wonder why. I mean, there's...
1: Well, and people leave those towns for a reason. I mean, it's... (sighs) Unless you're going to inherit the family farm, which those are kind of dying out, you know, even if you're farming a lot of times... That's uh, it's not lucrative business per se. Anyways, yeah, for sure. The, uh, but the kids go to college. The, the whole thing used to be that parents worked to send their kids off to college. So they end up going to a place like Lincoln or Omaha or Kearney, you know, and then they go somewhere bigger or they right. stick around right. there. I mean, rarely they go back. I mean, some go back, and in Nebraska, some of some of the uh, draw was like, okay, if you finish dental school and move to a small town like that, they will cover you know the tuition for your dental right. school, or they'll pay off your law school if you go become the right, town lawyer. Right, but that's all. That that's all
0: like state legislated. You know, that's uh, those are incentives right. that come from the state level. So like, right. what are you going to do if you're sure. if you're a you're you're an orthodontist who's serving like an underserved community and all of a sudden five years into your repayment it's like nope uh like mcdonald's like bought where you live so right good
2: luck (laughs) yeah hope you like working in the mcdonald's slaughterhouse well
0: and it'll be yeah hope hope you can pay off your student loans with uh like monopoly money or like fucking ronald mcdonald bucks (laughs) well
1: and hopefully you can pave the roads within your right. properties and you know uh provide your own local right. law enforcement yeah. well, and, and all that the, kind well, of and stuff well and also not just so.
0: law enforcement but also like federal law enforcement right so i mean there's there's not a whole lot a, a lot of uh, a lot of enforcement of like fe- federal civil rights stuff comes from uh you know state legislation state litigation so If somebody decided, you know, we're the uh, like the National Socialists of America and Beef Jerky Corporation, um, you know, like (laughs) what's what's (laughs) to stop them from just like making a Nazi town uh, out there by by Carney and, you know, snip it to a slip (laughs) chip. (laughs) No,
2: I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that guy would be like, yeah. That's exactly the goal. That's what that's what I'm hoping to do. You know, well, right. as long as they get them jobs, you know, whatever.
0: So, uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's some there's some other considerations here. Uh, I, I've been reading up on this bill a little bit. Um, just just from my own knowledge of how like constitutions work, um, I, I'd like to look at the Nebraska Constitution and see what their delegation clause looks like. Like how much power can you actually give up? as a state government, usually it has to be devolved to like a municipal government, not necessarily a private corporation. So there could be a thing Mm -hmm. there. I think there's also potentially a, uh, like a 10th amendment 10th, uh, you know, the, the United States constitution amendment, which says that any of the powers reserved, not reserved to Congress are reserved to the States, which you might be able to make the argument that's like, no, it's like, to the states not fucking private entities yeah no that the makes sense have to have to keep that power right um and then uh i was also reading this article uh this is an esquire by uh, an author uh, charles p pierce um who makes the argument that this is all part of a, a longer running plan of um the Koch brothers and like the mercers and these ultra billionaires who want to be able to call a constitutional convention And and continue to gut all of the, you know, any regulations we have about overreach of like corporate power that part of their goal is to, you know, they're behind um, initiatives in like California to try to get California broken up into, you know, one state will be like L.A., uh, one state will be all of the like agricultural land that surrounds L.A., you know, and the, the reason they mm. want to do that is because the Constitution says you only need a certain proportion of states, in, it's two-thirds of the states, to call a constitutional convention. And it helps them get there. They're at like, I don't remember, it's like 28 or something where they've got full control. Uh, and then all they need is 34 so if you could make more states that agree with you, then it makes it much easier to get to that that proportion, uh, and it's it's all part of this long term strategy to continue to divide up the United States into a, a series of fiefdoms or like mercantile kingdoms that where business controls every aspect of your life and. Um, You know, we've we've winnowed down the federal constitution to the point where there are no civil protections for anyone anymore, much less trying to, you know, pass a a national social safety net of any kind, you know, like immediately they'd be able to just completely disassemble. Even the the entitlements that we have right now, Social Security and Medicaid to say nothing of what other people want, you know, universal health care or. But, hey, you'll all have jobs. Yeah. yeah, Even that's not (laughs) even that's not true, though. You know, I mean, they can say like everyone's everyone's (laughs) going to be impoverished. So they're all going to be clamoring for jobs that no longer have to pay them any kind of a state minimum wage or provide bathroom breaks or safe. Uh, you know, like safe working conditions, right.
2: but that's what's gonna keep the the college students in Nebraska. Can't you see it?
0: The the sweatshop
2: yeah,
1: right. conditions. <laughs> <laughs> Come for the education, stay for the uh, the deadlines. It's gonna it's gonna literally feel like building the World Cup stadiums in Qatar. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> you know, you're you're gonna have I mean, uh,
2: oh man, <laughs> yeah. What you're, you're gonna have
0: like iTunes. Put in, a, like, a data center and then also hire their own, like, Pinkerton police forces right. to put down anybody who is, like, Apple is just, a, like, a technological monopoly or, like, I want to, you know, post on my blog about, um, like, Foxconn working conditions in China or something like that. And, mm-hmm. like, theoretically, you could just get arrested for that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I mean, think
2: what they should do is they should just buy one of these... 36 square miles of Sovereign Nation for the Husker Nation and just build the biggest, (laughs) most non-safety regulated stadium Hmm. of all time.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and actually, you know, this is a good way to get the Huskers out of the NCAA, which is a thing that we've talked about before on the show. Yeah. You know, Uh, yeah, we're we're a sovereign nation. We're going to pay them. Uh, like professional athlete salaries. We're also not going to give them any like pads. There's no way. It's, like, way more interesting when dudes like that does when, make when, sense. when a dude's head gets <laughs> caved in on the football field. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm in favor of this.
1: You know what I'm in favor of is just starting businesses and then taking the land and giving it back to like Native American tribes. And just expanding like reservation power to encroach, <laughs> you know, like uh, just you- buy the land and start companies around the reservations and start expanding the reservation out and everything. All right. That all would right. be the shit. <laughs> get get all of the indigenous folks on board and be like, look, we can reclaim this, but we we have to look like a business. So I you mean, know. suit up. Yeah. You- what if? <laughs> and then you build up. Okay, so then you build up those (laughs) fake fronts like in the old westerns and shit.
0: (laughs) It's like fake casino fronts. The old westerns, are you talking about like Blazing Saddles where they build like a whole whole fake town, like a little Potemkin village that they can all like burn down before they figure out that everyone there's a dummy? That was a documentary, right? I mean, that's the closest thing to a
1: western I ever cared to watch besides like the Animaniacs interpretation of a western like Warner Brothers the, style the, you know. The Animaniacs so. version but, of
0: Blazing Saddles was a really weird mix of of tones for sure.
1: Absolutely. But no, you just put out a bunch of casino fronts or whatever. And then in the back you just, just grow yeah, weed. You or just something. live I don't free know, baby. But like just find a way. The thing about the, the thing about Nebraska legislators is this. They never think things through. Oh to the unintended negative consequence. Oh, so you just have to they try to find a way to exploit think,
0: that. I don't think they don't think it Hold through. on. I okay. think they
1: don't give a shit. Exhibit A. Hold up. Hold up. Exhibit A. When the, When they said, we cannot have abortions in Nebraska, so we're just going to make the safe haven zones to drop your baby off your unwanted baby if you can't afford to <laughs> right. take it. And then everyone's bringing them in from like Michigan and it's like teenage kids. Yeah. They never think all the way through. Yeah. Like that's the kind that's the kind of thing they do. Well, yeah so, when they when they passed know,
0: the uh, the anti-gay <laughs> marriage amendment uh initiative 416 this was back when we were all in high school um the, it was right. worded so broadly that it literally made it constitutionally illegal for like a father and a son to go into business together or like two business partners to open a uh like a bank account or something because all all the amendment said was you know the state's not going to recognize any kind of legal relationship between two men it's like well it you Mm -hmm. know like people do business here you know a a lot of businesses legal relationships theoretically like they shouldn't have been able to hire teachers or police officers or, or anything like that because it's a business relationship between, like, the mayor and, you know, <laughs> the mayor of right. Omaha is always a man and, like, any man who's getting hired by the city. It's almost never fail. With, with these crazy outlandish bills or whatever,
1: there's some sort of backdoor, you know, there's some sort of area that you can exploit and just try to uh, say, well, this is how ridiculous right. you are. I mean, they just came out with that. Uh, I posted it in the other channel, but that higher education, free speech accountability act. Oh, right. Whatever. Yeah. Which is basically, it's,
0: it's literally and, a bill to make safe spaces for conservatives on, on right. campus. Right. Like
1: to protect free speech, you can limit people's ability to protest which is free speech yep you know (laughs) not my kind of free
2: speech buddy
1: (laughs) keep it to yourself i just can't it's got to be tough to be ernie chambers and be like the only real person in there or patty pension brooks or some of these people you know uh moorfeld it's got to be tough to sit in there and just like listen to this bullshit and say okay that still restricts somebody's free speech somebody's free speech is being restricted you know i don't know it it's crazy but but it should make for an exciting uh, legislative session this year <laughs> right so i think they still have some more uh introducing to do and then we'll get into the committees so i'm hoping to take some PTO off and go actually sit in on some of those uh some of those sessions but but we'll see if that's how I actually want to spend my time away from work, <laughs> maintaining work work level right. blood pressure, <laughs> but not be at work. I guess I'm getting paid though, you know. So no, nah, well, just yeah. but, but, I love my. Before love we my take job. a break, before we take a break, and, and sort of on the
0: <laughs> the subject of Chuck's blood pressure, uh, I think we ought to mention this story out of Kansas. Uh, there was this. Uh, article: This is out of the the Garden City Telegram. Garden's like way on the the western side of Kansas, oh. so mm-hmm. um, they had a uh, uh, legislative coffee session um, in Garden City, <sighs> talking about you know Kansas right. is totally in the the Sam Brownback uh, like austerity hole right now. Everything is super underfunded. They can't pay teachers or district attorneys or anything like that. So as other states have been doing. They're looking at maybe legalizing marijuana. And uh so this this came up uh in in this meeting that uh what's his name? Represent state representative Steve Alford, uh, of Ulysses. He's he's a mm-hmm. Republican, which may surprise you after you hear what he had to say. Um are there Democrats like t- in Kansas? T- yeah. <laughs> um okay. and that's kind of what I figured. That'd be similar yeah, to Nebraska. Two, or something. two Democratic voters. I'm not sure about elected representatives. <laughs> um, so uh, <laughs> right. Steve Alford, is that right? Yeah. Um, says you know what what you really need to do is look look at you know the 1930s. This is when they outlawed uh, all all types of drugs in Kansas and across the United States. And uh, what what was the reason why they did that? Which I love that sentence construction. Um, that sounds like Patton Oswalt doing his like dumb guy voice. <laughs> like, what? What was the reason why they did that? He's he's asking himself <laughs> in his own. Quote. I'll tell you, <laughs> right. Love it. Um, he says, uh, <laughs> one of the reasons why I hate to say it was that the African Americans they were basically users, and they basically responded the worst off to those drugs just because of their character makeup, their genetics, and that. Uh, and so basically, and so and he. He's literally buying this. Uh, it's it's reefer madness. It's literally the stuff that showed up in the movie Reefer Madness where right. it's like weeds weeds danger for yeah. everybody. It makes you look a psychotic criminal, but especially black dudes. And uh, and, and that goes back <laughs> right. to He's right. It does. That attitude absolutely goes back to the initial prohibition of marijuana that was done by an incredibly racist guy who was like. He literally is on record as saying... is a, a Harry Anslinger is literally on record as having said, like... Right. Really, I just want to throw a bunch of, like, black people and Mexicans and Chinese people into jail. So we just need to make all these drugs illegal. And then I could do that. <laughs> well, it's like... Yeah, I mean, that
1: yellow journalism or whatever. Right. Which you, you almost kind of feel sorry for him because they be- that was somebody was saying that at some point and passed it down to his family and down to him, you know? So, uh, and it was probably something that fit in nicely with whatever his worldview is in Ulysses, Kansas or whatever, but you know, uh,
0: but yeah, I I mean, I love this thing later in the article where, uh, He's, you know, when asked to clarify, he stood by his remarks but couldn't cite a source and and said, like, I shouldn't have singled out African-Americans. And then goes on to say, like, there, but there are certain groups of people, you know, their genetics, the way their makeup is, the chemicals affect them differently. Like, you're still just – that's just dog whistling. You've gone from right. just being mm-hmm. racist to, like, racist dog whistling. That's not an improvement. Right. He's like, that's not – that – we just call that campaigning down here.
1: Right. Know? Like, I, I I don't know what dog whistle is, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
2: Well, that's why I think um, alcohol should be illegal, but only for Irish people. It's like, that's just fair, man. As an Irish yeah. person, I could say that. Uh-huh. So no, I'm, Irish I'm, privilege. I'm also right
0: Irish and I actually endorse this. <laughs> yeah.
2: Chuck, you're Irish too, right? What? No, Black Irish. no I'm not.
0: <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> no, I'm black German. And don't forget it, because I'll fucking. I'm not you. sure if
0: that's the worst. I, I'm not sure if that's the worst kind of German or the worst kind of black person, <laughs> dude. It makes you See,
1: really good. This at is, paint. Like surprisingly this is what good. The,
2: this is what the Republicans are doing. They're they're lowering the level of discourse. You guys.
1: Yeah. We gotta yeah, ele- we right. gotta elevate. We gotta <laughs> get
2: the discourse higher.
1: All right. Dude, we got to get lifted because it's hard being black and gifted, so. (laughs) We got to take a break and maybe try to bring it out on something higher than this.
2: (laughs) The two-house legislature is a relic of the past. In the one-house legislature, there is no way a member can evade his duty. Under the unicameral plan, it
0: is easy for the ordinary citizen to place responsibility where it belongs. Okay, so Brendan, to answer your question from the last segment, there are 36 congressional districts in Texas.
2: Yeah, it's more than three. It's I it
0: more than three. Yeah, so uh, 12, 12 mm-hmm. times three. Yeah, it's it's a lot. We have a, we have a lot of people down here in Texas. Uh, a lot of those are broken up between the cities. Um, it, it's sort of similar to the way the Nebraska map looks, where you've got kind of tighter drawn districts around, you know, so it's like... Dallas and Fort Worth and San Antonio and Austin and Houston, and then these huge ones that cover, you know, thousands of square miles of territory. But uh, anyway, this, this got me looking at some of the other, you know, kind of more local impact issues that are, that are going on in Texas. And I wanted to lead off with, uh, you know, I know that, that we didn't want to focus a whole lot on Donald Trump and what the, federal government's doing in 2018, but this is one where it's actually going to have a a unimportant local impact, which is uh, the Trump administration decided to reverse this uh, immigration policy that has let uh, nearly 200,000 El Salvadorians uh, be Mm -hmm. in the United States, um, basically on this kind of provisional, basically there was an earthquake And the U.S. uh, back in the, geez, 90s, I guess. No, no, in in 2001, um, let a whole bunch of people in because you couldn't live in El Salvador anymore. Um, And Mm. so we've got all these people. So as part of their scale back of anything having to do with letting brown people into the United States, uh, the Trump administration has decided to get rid of this, and people in Houston, Texas, in particular, are kind of upset about it because it turns out that a lot of these El Salvadorians live in or around Houston, and they have been a, a crucial part of the Hurricane Harvey cleanup, um, doing a lot hmm. of, uh, you know, demolition and reconstruction and, uh, I think Brendan was trying to call me a racist earlier when he was like, you're saying they're all doing roofing. And it's like, well, okay, but probably a lot of them are doing roofing. You know, it's fine. But you know what?
2: Like, <laughs> it's, good. it's good work. People need to get their roofs done. I'm, I'm glad they're out Absolutely. there doing it, for sure. Uh, and that's one mm. of the craziest things about this decision is that these people have been in the US for so long. Uh, they've been here for, for like two decades almost. Yeah,
0: almost, almost 20 uh, years.
2: So it's like not like they were like, Homeless the entire time. Like they, most of them probably have jobs. Right. There was a guy locally in Nebraska who works in like one of the meatpacking factories or whatever. Who was like, "Yeah, I guess I don't know what this means for me, but right. it's a big problem for my life and my family who all live here in Nebraska." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I
0: mean, you've got to imagine mm-hmm. that a bunch of these people. I mean, if you're here for that long, uh if you were young enough to get out at the time and you've been here for that long, probably you've right. settled down. Like you've got, you know, there are kids who are going to school here. They they speak and you know what? English. Right.
2: and you've got kids who are American citizens who are going yeah. to school here and yeah. speaking English yep. because they are Americans. And the, mm-hmm. they don't care about that. They're just saying, like, well, I mean, you might be American, so like you could say if you want, what are you, six? Like, we're kicking your parents out though. Right. Like they'll literally they're literally will do that.
0: Right. Yeah, it's all this uh, this blunt force trauma immigration policy. Like, you know, the the same thing that they've been trying to do with like You know, DACA people, where it's like, okay, well, we're not sure if we can deport you yet, but we can absolutely deport your parents. And now you're like a a junior high student trying to figure out where you're going to live because, you know, you're an American kid. You don't work 40 hours a week. Right.
1: Well, and, you know, it just seems like, you know, those places that are in Central America, uh, El Salvador, uh, Honduras, that kind of shit, uh, or <laughs> those kind of places. Um, oh, those shitholes! R- those shitholes. <laughs> it's cool to say it now, when right? I say that's what i, I want to yeah. say Well, you know, when I say that kind of shit, I mean that kind of ish. You know, that kind of <laughs> right. stuff. Shit is in a good thing. Like that kind of jam. That's my jam. <laughs> El Salvador, you're my jam, except for all that gang violence. But in a way, it's it seems like the United States has had some roles. In destabilizing the governments of those countries. Oh, absolutely. And making it so, you know, those would not be places you would want to go back to. Yeah, <laughs> so, a,
0: a 50 year history of, I mean, you know, people talk about Haiti. Uh, like, why would we prefer immigrants from Finland over people from Haiti? And they're like, well, I mean, like the Finnish have, uh, you know, like built up a really good uh, government where, you know, everyone's well-educated and healthy when they decide to immigrate and Haiti hasn't. It's like, well, I, I don't think that probably has anything to do with the way that the U.S. has dicked around with Haiti for 50 fucking years to make it impossible for them to ever have a stable government in order to provide those things. No, it eventually it just becomes, it's just racism, you know? Yeah, If a bunch of people from Iceland had had immigrated here because of the the volcanoes that happened, what was that, like five years ago, um, I I Mm -hmm. guarantee you they wouldn't be targeted by the same sort of thing. But then probably they also wouldn't be working uh, like hurricane rehabilitation in shittier parts of Texas. And they wouldn't be working, you know,
1: as busboys in Trump hotels or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's... That's the kind of thing. I mean, it just kind of also goes to the point that they don't mind certain brown people coming in. And it's if you can fulfill a role that they use to exploit you to the absolute maximum, then you're going to get in. Like those H-2 visas and even those H-1B visas, you know— if you're from india and you're working in a tech company you're you're safe but if you're working right. at 711 you just got raided you know that kind of shit so yeah
0: absolutely um, i mean there was a you know one of those forgotten stories from 2017 was about how trump wanted to like build a wall and get rid of any uh, like undocumented workers and then it turns out that his actual the vineyards and wineries that he owns were like I don't know how we're going to do business if we do that because pretty much all of our field, like everybody out there picking grapes for us is, um, you know, like a provisional visa or an undocumented worker.
2: Right. Well, and they've actually literally had in some of those places where they have those big immigration crackdowns and then people are like, well, I guess I'm just not going to be able to like harvest any of these crops this year because there's just no one here who's doing that.
1: (laughs) So they're just going to rot in the field or whatever. Right. Um. Well, you just got to make some of these like giant ass farms, companies slash states, and then you can just <laughs> bus bus in kids to, to tassel You yeah, know, like, that's right. I mean for uh, one season, uh, I mean, and that's it. If
0: uh, if if your state isn't a sanctuary state, but you buy one of these uh corporate enclaves in Nebraska right. like could you make it a sanctuary state could you just be like no like local regulations say that we'll just hire literally anybody to work in our sweatshops right.
1: oh yeah right. sorry to bring it full scale back there but uh <laughs> here's a great idea <laughs> build a company have your company be a prison and then be a prison state like a penal colony and then you don't have to adhere to state pres- prison laws or
0: anything. Oh, nice. Oh, no, I, I love it because as long as you're a fucking corporation and not something being run by the UN, you know that all the people who are freaking out about like FEMA camps about five years ago would be 100% for it. <laughs>
1: so maybe this isn't a high note, but unless you are looking for ways to like scam people in a conservative way. Well, (laughs) I have, I have a,
0: I have a couple of, I have a couple of other, uh, Texas things that I think probably could, could perform the role of high note. Uh, the first one is that, um, the, the federal Department of Education finally finished their big review of the Texas educational system and found out that this is, this has been a story going on here for a while, but, uh, basically found that yes in fact the way that the texas um what uh it's the education department agency or something no the the texas education agency um did discriminate or or adopt policies that were gonna put a bunch of kids who needed special education out in the cold uh they they set this quota for their school districts it was like we don't want to spend any more than about like we we don't want any more than like 8.5% of our kids to be designated special ed um when the national average is like 12% right. and so what they ended up doing was basically kicking 150,000 kids off of special education provisions and they're like you're not special or not. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Jesus.
2: <laughs> well, and it's funny too because they'll dictate the budget of how much you can spend but they're not going to do anything to be like oh maybe we can like get some better health outcomes for these kids and and stuff like that uh help them maybe not be so many developmentally behind children nah it's not worth Mm -hmm. the effort to try to do that let's just not pay for it
0: right (laughs) yeah and that's that's exactly what happened (laughs) and uh i i mean really kind of boggling expectations uh you know it's Betsy DeVos you know, like her department of education you know like came out with this statement that was like you know this, this is a um this, this a dereliction of duty you know all all students deserve to have the kind of education that actually can help build them into you know a successful student and therefore a successful worker it's a big deal it's down here, it's been one of the, the number one, well, at least if you listen to the like local NPR, I don't know how local news Cut. is covering it. It's funny because a lot of that is having
1: more staff to student ratio. And so those kids, it's not like they can go off to the chartered schools that Betsy DeVos wants for school because sure. those schools aren't going to take those kids.
2: Right, you know, exactly.
1: Those kids are going to be problems or say they're adverse to our test scores or whatever. You know, they don't have to take them. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that down there.
2: Right. Right. That was a little bit better because
0: that it was uplifting that it's stopping, but. <laughs> if you want something that's uplifting because it's going, I did have this one last item, which is K H O U News Network out of Houston. Texas likes to do it bigger and better. Like, we, we like everything bigger. Like, how much did people fucking speed this year? And it turns out that some of these stories are pretty, I don't know, pretty impressive. You know, they, they document. <laughs> the 14th fastest ticket went to a driver in a BMW going 143 in an 80 mile per hour zone on a, a SH 130 in, in Williamson. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, that's uh, 143 miles per hour. That's like, I just back of the envelope math. I'm gonna say it's like 180, maybe 200 kilometers per hour. That's uh, um, what's the German highway? The one that you can the drive autobahn. Autobahn. The autobahn. That's that's autobahn speeds, right? Oh yeah. The guy who took home the gold ring, the fastest speeding ticket in Texas in 2017 was given to a biker in Coryell County. Going 181 miles per hour on US 90 at a speed limit of uh, 75 miles per hour. Uh, 181 miles per hour is that's uh, that's like a football field every second. That immediately would put you in jail
1: if a cop caught you. Like, do you get clocked by a drone? I yeah, mean, yeah. How do you even
2: detect
0: seems... that speed or do anything about that? Like, catch that guy? Yeah. I don't think they probably chased him down. I think that would have been one of those ones where, like, one of the airplanes identified how fast he was going. (laughs) And they, they, like, radioed it ahead to the next town or something.
1: But this is where he messed up. Because if you're going to go that fast... You need to kill that light and do the night vision goggles. If you do <laughs> that,
0: first. dude, there's no way they're catching right, you. Right? Absolutely.
1: They don't. They're not going to know where Which you're
0: going. Which actually takes it directly back to Snow Crash, Chuck, because that's that's like the trick that he's pulling at the beginning of the book, where he's the pizza deliverator who has to drive completely illegally to get pizzas to the right place at the right time. So his his car runs in like stealth mode, like he can see everybody, but no one can see him, and he's just like zipping around. But uh, no, it, uh, he was he was around a red like Honda um, speed bike crash rocket thing. I did love how KHOU decided to instead of like talking to law enforcement or anything, they wouldn't talk to a guy who sells motorbikes. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's not only the most powerful typically in the lineup, but it handles better. So it gives you the confidence if you're on a, It's <laughs> like an ad for the bike that this guy was driving 181 miles an hour on. It's yeah. great.
2: How much right. How much is the ticket? Does it say how much the ticket was?
0: No, it never did.
2: Because um, you know what? I bet it's enough that you're just like, oh, it's just like an entry fee. You'd be like, you want to go this fast? Here you go, just pay the ticket.
1: Sure. I mean, can reckless endangerment be like a felony? <laughs> it's got to be more than a yeah. ticket. At
0: a certain point, probably. I mean, it, you know, the, the article does finish up with like, but remember, just because you can drive fast doesn't mean yeah. that you should. Good advice. And names a bunch of like consequences for that. Uh, it's like, and even worse, right. you could injure or kill somebody. It's like now, if you're driving 181 miles per hour, you don't yeah. even give a shit about yourself. Like on a bike, well,
2: man. What's right. the helmet law in Texas? I don't believe we have one. <laughs> oh, good, great, great. Really? Okay. That <laughs> sounds, sounds, good, sounds good.
1: At least you'll be completely yeah. out. Right. Know? Well, you
2: know what? I uh, didn't think that our dystopian snow crash, lawless corporate state future was going to start in rural Nebraska, but that's a that's a good twist right? on an old story. Yeah, that, could,
1: that could be another business to do, like a, start a, a business corporate state that's like a rally car obstacle course town. Oh yeah, and nice everyone that lives goes. there just has front row seats to the obstacle yeah. course. It could be the
0: next Grand Prix. It, it would be like a, like creating the Mad Max universe, except as a theme park, instead of just how everybody lives by default. Right. Well, at least we're seeing the silver lining in some of yeah, this. Yeah, I stuff.
2: mean, <laughs> Fast and Furious yeah. is big, man. Right, Once they sure. open Fast and Furious Town, and they just say, like, hey, no more speed limits. Just drive straight on those dirt roads and do some sick drifts. It's just the jobs are just yeah, going to you guys?
1: In. Have either of you ever hit 100 miles an hour? No.
0: No. Oh yeah. What? I've I've driven 100 miles per hour. I I think I got my. Of course uh, you would, Matt. I I got my Volkswagen Beetle up to 130 one time on a <laughs> like like way back highway. It you was. You could have been fun. in this
2: list, man. You could have made it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. In Texas? uh No, this was in Kansas. I mean, Kansas uh, has okay. lots of like open back highway. That's interesting. <laughs> No, but I was I was definitely like shitting my pants though while it was happening. My car's rattling like it's gonna fall apart like a Star Trek ship or something. And also like if I twitch, if I had to like scratch my eye or something, we were absolutely gonna flip over and fly for like a half a mile. Oh, so you had other people in the car too? Uh, I I did have one other person in the car. She thought it was cool though. It was a, it was a girl. Okay, yeah, I was doing uh, the impressive girl. Of course. <laughs>
1: Got to show them how that Volkswagen Beetle tears it up. Yeah, exactly. There. It's so
2: impressive when your Volkswagen Beetle like dashboard rattles itself apart. Yeah. The little flower holder.
1: See, when you're black, if you try to drive that fast, it literally creates a cop. Like, <laughs> a cop materializes because you have just broken the black driving barrier. Yeah. That so. is just,
2: that's just science. You just can't... You know. That's just how black people's genetics are. You can't... <laughs> Seriously.
1: Our genetics create blue lives right in front of our eyes you know? oh man which, which oh. actually
0: totally matches drug policy yeah, yeah. absolutely we did it yeah.
2: we found the high note you guys we tied, we it. There tied we go.
0: all of those threads together in, in it was in front of us all along <laughs> well thank you for joining us coming at us at 181 miles
1: per hour well thank you for joining us on another special journey going the speed limit this time <laughs> but the speed limit 69 because this is our 69th episode nice. <laughs>
2: i can't believe we <laughs> saved the best for last hey yes
1: oh man now i want to end with that music oh man we're doing it All right we're doing it you go and save the best for last oh <laughs> That's how joe budden gets down he's playing some tina turner on his podcast mm. But anyways, thank you, audience, for joining us. As usual, you can find us on all of the social medias, like us, and leave comments on iTunes. Definitely share our material on SoundCloud. And you can follow us individually on Twitter. You can find me at Shaggy2Trope. Brendan, where can they find you? I'm Brendan Williams with one L. And Matt, where are you at? Matt the Great with one W. All right, this has been Liquid Flannel. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.